Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Intuitive Customer Podcast uh, with myself, Colin Shaw, and my erstwhile colleague, Ryan Hamilton. Hi, Colin. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Good, good, good. So my favorite topic today, um, and this is um, something that I've pondered on long and deep, and the business issue is why are customers irrational? Why do they do strange things? Why are they not just logical animals that you could go two and two equals four, so they're going to do this, and actually you find that they don't. So um, uh, why are customers irrational? And I know that there's been a hell of a lot of research around all this all this area. So over to you, mate. Yeah, so my uh, favorite way of addressing that uh, question is to turn it around. Uh, why do we expect that customers should be rational? Right? The, the, the question itself is, is kind of loaded. The idea is that, well, people tend to be rational. I, as the manager, certainly am rational. But why are my customers so stupid? Uh, and I think that that's just a wrong um, approach. I, I think that the idea that people should be rational, that that, that is a, a logical starting point for evaluating human behavior is flawed. Right. Uh, and I think part of, the, part of it comes back to our definition of rational. So maybe we should start there. Colin, when, when somebody says that people are rational or should be rational, what does that mean to you? Or what do you think They're it means They're making to logical. So for me, it's this image of you, you're making a logical decision that you are not being, you, you don't use your guts. Um, you're making a logical choice um, over something. So even there, we can, um, we can find some disagreement. So, okay. uh, oh, listen, mate, I've worked with you before. I'm sure we can find loads of disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> um, even there, so uh, at, at some extremes, I've heard um, people talk about uh, other people's behaviors being irrational, kind of if it doesn't conform to what they think is right. So even if we even if we get down to logical, it, it's almost like if it's logical to me, then that's rational, um, and if it's not logical to me, that makes it irrational and therefore wrong. I've heard people say things like, oh, well, if people are buying based on the brand and not based on finding the lowest price, that's irrational. Um, all of these things are not great approaches for evaluating rationality. Um, according to, to economists, um, who, who are kind of, kind of the leading experts on rational behavior, uh, to be rational, your, your choices, your actions, your preferences, have to adhere to a set of rules and most of them boil down to being consistent. Um, so uh, your, your preferences can be whatever you want them to be. They just can't change too radically within a short period of time. And, and you can still qualify that as rational behavior. So, you know, you could like whatever crazy, stupid music you like to listen to, Colin, or eat whatever bizarre foods you want to eat. None of that's irrational. 
Um, we just have to make sure that you are consistent with yourself. Does that make sense? It, it, it does, but I guess that's we now start to get into the difference between me coming at this from the business side and you coming at this yep. from the academic side. Uh, and so what I mean by that is if I was making a decision about a phone, i.e. buying a phone or a network or whatever, yeah, you know, going on to a network, then decisions like um, the speed of the network, the availability of the network, um, the downtime of the network are things that I would call rational choices, yeah, you know, or, or logical choices. You know, there are facts that you can that you can deal with where you go. Well, our, our network is faster. It's more reliable. It's, um, you know, more, um, available. Uh, you know, those are logical choices. Yep. Um, uh, and that's where I would come from, from a, from a, if I was trying to explain, you know, somebody who's making a rational decision, I understand the point about consistency. Uh, but if you're, you're consistently eating weird food, mm-hmm. you know, then, yeah, I guess you could argue that's that that is rational, but you could also argue in the in the norm of the world that's not rational because it's actually an outlier eating this eating ice cream with sausages or something. So that that actually I'd assume that's a standard British food. I don't. <laughs> is it? I, let me let me give you a little anecdote here. Not. Uh, okay, give well, that's interesting. Um, when my wife, when the kids were young and my wife um, used to go away for a weekend with the girls once a year, um, we we me and the kids used to do all the things that we could never do when we were um, when the rain was there. My wife, um, so we used to have jelly in ice cream. Um, oh, now that and, just sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, all these crazy things. But anyway, ice cream and sausages. That's we need to talk cream, more yeah. about that later. So um, that rational. But no, back to your point. I mean, so. Anytime there, there's a def, there's a fight over rationality, I'm convinced that 90% of the time, it's a problem of definition. People are just right. are using different definition of, of rationality, because you can make the argument that um, focusing on kind of the the color of the phone that you're buying is not a good way to make a decision about phone. You know, if you're ignoring all yeah. this other information. And so you could say that that's being less than rational. That's an irrational way of making the choice. There's another definition of rationality, which says if you pick your phone plan based on which provider can get you the shiniest blue phone, um, that's fine. That can be a rational decision, provided that you you're consistent in weighting kind of color and shininess as what's most important to you. So uh, there's another definition of rationality, which kind of says you can want whatever you want. You just kind of have to be consistent about it. Both of those are ration- are definitions of rationality. You, we can see already how they're very, very different definitions and can lead to different assessments of what's sure. rational. There's another one, which is almost kind of a, a, a moral definition of rationality. The idea is that rationality is what separates uh, you know, people from animals. And so by calling someone irrational, you're kind of calling them less than human. Um, this is a third definition of rationality, 
we combine all these definitions and you get different people arguing from different starting points and there's no way you're ever going to come to a conclusion. The Intuitive Customer is being brought to you by Beyond Philosophy. Your frontline teams should be trained on how they can practically influence customer decision using some of the psychological techniques discussed in these podcasts. To understand Beyond Philosophy's unique approach to the training of frontline teams, just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash employee training. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash employee training. So l- l- let me sort of expand the topic a little then and, and uh, let's let's talk about sort of a derivative of this. What surprises me is that businesses still want to make what they would consider to be rational decisions. So I started talking about an emotional customer experience and the fact that and, and when you actually start even look at customer experience, most organizations still view a customer experience as being the rational things that the customer does. I, yeah. uh, I go online, I look at the product, I buy the product, you know, the, 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 the you know, the, the, here are the steps that I would take and you look at them and you go, yeah, they're pretty logical. Yep. Um, and yet even after 15 years of doing this stuff now, I am really surprised how organizations really haven't progressed in their thinking and still consider customers to be rational, which is irrational to me. Yeah. And it's worth considering why firms do that. Um, I mean, I think the simple reason why this, this kind of model of human behavior as people being fundamentally rational has clung as aggressively as it has is because it's it's simplifying right it it makes trying to understand and predict people uh, what mathematicians would call tractable kind of solvable you know where to start um you know think of how terrifying it must be for these companies that that you talk to who insist on kind of a rational approach to abandon that right i mean now you're just floating in space now there's nowhere to even start customers are just random so i think that that's the major reason why rationality according to some definitions of rationality it's a simplifying way of thinking about human behavior now you need to just figure out the logical steps and you've got an approach yeah so so building on what you're just saying for me there's there's been sort of three reasons and i think the first one is really what you were just saying about the simplifying I, I think that people, organizations want things black and white. Yep. They want to be told it's right or it's wrong. Um, not the gray area of irrationality that, that sits there that goes, well, actually the answer could be anything. Um, that's an exaggeration, but you, you get yeah. my, my point. The, the, the second thing is, <laughs> and maybe I, I should be putting myself in this age group now. But I said, essentially, businesses are run by old white people. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it, I, I, they've got there by being good at that irrational stuff. And in a previous yeah. podcast, we were talking about diversity and all the rest of it. And I think that that lacks, you know, that, that lacks at a senior level and therefore it permeates through the rest of the organization. And the, the third thing I would throw out is, that measuring 
irrational behavior is difficult. So measuring rational behavior, i.e. how many times somebody clicked on a website, um, you know, is something you can do. Um, but measuring that more irrational behavior is difficult and more challenging. Yeah, I I think that the you know the rise of behavioral economics and, and a lot of what's been going on in uh, cognitive and social psychology over the years, um, you can characterize it as trying to make this irrational world, um, trying to establish a set of rules that allows us to understand the irrational world. Um, one of the, the big books in this area uh, is by a guy named Dan Ariely, and he, he titled, I thought it was a brilliant title, his book is titled um, it Predictably Irrational. Uh, the idea that you sometimes run into uh, is just the one that you articulated. It's like, well, if people aren't rational, then they're random, you know, then they're just animals. And, and what can we possibly do with that? And so a lot of, of behavioral economics and, and uh, these fields of psychology that, that interface with decision making, the goal is to make the irrationality predictable, to, to understand uh, how and why. It's a different set of rules. It's, it's a non-rational set of rules, but there are still rules. Um, there are still things that we can predict. It's harder. Um, it's less clear. Uh, there's a lot more conflict uh, in trying to, to understand it. But that doesn't mean that it's just um, random noise, that these are the only two possibilities. Either people are uh, rational decision makers or they're making all decisions at random. That's that's just not true. Yeah, and building on that, I mean, I think the key issue for me always becomes, so what, you know, somebody listening to the show uh, and going, okay, well, what is it I can do? Uh, I mean, to answer my own question, I think a lot of it is around education. So understanding what these what behavioral economic psychology and you know the various different heuristic biases blah 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 um absolutely makes something that's that seems irrational rational in other words there's a reason um behind it um and and therefore for me part of that therefore is about the the education and and the understanding that that needs to happen within uh, within the organization to be able to to embrace it and in uh, and interpret it does that make sense yeah absolutely i mean i think that uh, you know a, a lot of the reason that people some people prefer a rational model um you know is very much around kind of fear of the alternative um things just get too messy and so um providing that kind of education gives people a foothold gives them something that they can uh, use as a starting point uh, so that they can start to understand this stuff so yeah i mean it's the, <laughs> the the alternative to moving away from a rational model is is not well, let, me, let me phrase it a different way um if you choose to stick with with a purely rational model of your customers um that makes things easy on you, but at the cost of being often wrong, you know, often very inaccurate. So yep. the alternative is doing things a harder way, uh, but a way that's actually ultimately useful, we hope. The Intuitive Customer Podcast is brought to you by Beyond Philosophy. Since 2002, Beyond Philosophy has been helping organizations improve their customer experience through their consulting, 
training, and research services. Find out more at beyondphilosophy.com. That's beyondphilosophy.com. So, so winding this up, is there one bit of advice that you would, and I will give a bit of advice, but is there one bit of advice that you would give to somebody listening to this who um, wants to start making and understanding this in, intuitive stuff in more depth? Um, I, I Anybody who's interested in this, this notion of rationality, I would encourage them to, I put you on the spot and um, asked you to define that term on the fly in front of our hundreds of thousands of avid listeners here. Hundreds uh, of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. Well, at least both uh, of them anyway. That's right. I mean, I, I encourage my mom to tune in from time to time. Um, you know, I, if you're interested in this just as a topic, it's worth spending some time just thinking through what do you mean by rational? I mean, what what is what does that mean to you? Um, and why is that important? There are certain definitions of rationality where, yeah, people are, in fact, rational. I've, there are others that don't that break down very rapidly i've i've heard that well no you're rational if you respond to um rewards and punishments you know that that's rational behavior but um you know slime mold responds to rewards and punishments you know is that really our definition of of reality uh, or of rationality rather so figure that out for yourself use that as your starting point as you're trying to investigate these things it's, it's a really interesting topic of of investigation there's a, a reason that debates have raged on this now for uh, hundreds of years uh, around whether people are rational or not so make sure you're starting from the right place if you want to ever engage in a debate on this if you want to pursue it uh, for your own benefit yeah uh, and thanks for that and and for me i would encourage people to just learn more about the all of the stuff that we talk about on the intuitive customer uh, obviously, I would encourage people to go out and buy our book, right? Uh, the Intuitive Customer. It's the um, only rational thing for them to it's do. It's the only. I can't understand why anybody wouldn't do that. Can you? Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> they're they're subhuman animals. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, out but, there eating their sausages and ice cream. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Bangers and, I and the freezies, other, I think, is what you call them. Yeah. 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 You're right there. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's a whole whole new uh, food genre that um, people need to start putting together now. So, um, the other thing I would do is, I, uh, the other thing is, the danger is, is that I think people get scared of these types of topics. Um, and, you know, when you start talking about aversion, extremeness aversion and substitution heuristic, the danger is, is they sound so grand and so yeah. intelligent. Um, and I don't want to burst your bubble, mate, but once you start into them you go oh that that sounds pretty logical and i understand that now um so true um you know so i would encourage people just to start to think about it and think about i often think about it from my own behavior so as you listen to these podcasts and you read up on this stuff just think about your own behavior and then extend that on to to a customer um so um, so thanks for listening, uh, and we look forward to a rational conversation um, at, on the next um, on, on the next podcast. Thanks very much. Thanks, everybody. Bye. This has been the Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton, but it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com/podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe. Won't you? That way, you'll never miss a show. 
That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.